It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to Green and Growing. Eight minutes after the hour, you're listening to 95.5 WSB. I am Ashley Frasca here with you for the next three hours. And it was kind of difficult to think of... um, What to talk about today? My goodness, because it's going to be so cold. In fact, you know, a few snow flurries last night and this morning. I know the majority of you are not going to be uh, choosing to be out gardening this weekend, and I don't blame you. But later on in the show, when I give you the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend, that obviously holds true for a couple of weeks. So if you don't get around to it until Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, that's just fine. I want you to wait and be comfortable. And for those of you who have to work outdoors today, I commend you. You don't need me to tell you to bundle up and dress warm. 404-872-0750 is the number with any question you may have, any advice you want to offer uh, to any other gardeners who are listening, you know, when we designed this show, once I came on the air after Walter Reeves and the Lawn and Garden Show, kind of starting back to the basics, right? Talking to new gardeners, trying to get beginning gardeners a little more interested and involved and a lot less intimidated in the process. So uh, we talk about houseplants, we talk about birding, we talk about all kinds of things outdoors. I don't steal the realm from O'Neill. Uh, Williams, you know, he talks about animals outdoors, but but I do stick with birds and some other things. So, yeah, any question you have, not a dumb question at all. I will try my best to help. 404-872-0750. And a lot of the questions that I get, I love. It, it keeps me on my toes throughout the entire week. Um, You know, I'm here at the station Monday through Friday in the traffic center in the mornings, and then I use the rest of my day to plan this show. And you think, oh, it's only three hours on a Saturday, but I want to bring you a lot of good content. And I'm really Thankful for all of you who message me throughout the week. Uh, Find me on Facebook on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page. And I've gotten three questions here lately in the last week about orchids. And I think that's timely. And I think a lot of people have the same concerns about them. So I'm going to read you a couple of the issues that these uh, ladies have. Diane wrote me last week. Hope you can answer a question about an orchid. I was given one two years ago for Mother's Day. It bloomed beautifully. Here's what it looks like today. The leaves are beautiful. They're green and healthy. It's still got that long stem sticking out of the pot, and it hasn't bloomed since. So she's kept it alive for two years, but hasn't gotten to enjoy the best part, the flowers. So Diane says, I've been told by others that their blooms, they bloom about every six months. I've never repotted it. What do I do? And my friend Louisa sent me a picture of her orchid, and same kind of story. The leaves look great. She's still got that dead stem on there and said, hey, do you think this orchid's dead? What do I need to do? So for Diane and Louisa, I have very good news. Um, The leaves are green. The leaves look fantastic. So, of course, the plant's not dead. If it were dead, you would definitely know. Um, There's so much to learn about orchids, and I'm still... On my way of doing so, I've got two at the house, and I'm in the same boat as them. Um, I've managed to keep them alive. I keep them watered just enough, uh, but I've never gotten them to rebloom either. So to kind of dumb it down just a little bit, you kind of have to know if you have a winter-blooming orchid, if you have a spring-blooming orchid. Philonopsis, I think that is the uh, most common one that all of us get as gifts and all of that kind of thing. And it's kind of the moth orchid, I guess is what it's called. But that's the one that's going to rebloom. And so I found the American Orchid Society website. And oh my gosh, I mean, everything has a society. You know, roses, hydrangeas, I think azaleas have their own society. Um, But orchids do too. Why not? 
So I found that website, and boy, if you go to AOS, stands for American Orchid Society, AOS.org, they cover everything. Any concern, any wonder you've ever had about orchids, uh, it's all there. So certainly enough, there's a title, Why Won't My Orchid Rebloom? And this really caught me off guard, and a lot of you that are pretty good with orchids may have already known this, but it said insufficient light's the most common cause of failure for it not to rebloom. Well, I think mine's getting enough light. Um, it's not in direct sun, but it's in an eastern-facing window, stays really warm. But here's the catch, and this is what I didn't know. Leaf color indicates the amount, if, whether or not the uh, amount of light is adequate. So the picture that Louisa sent me and the picture that Diana sent me, uh, the leaves are a lush, rich, dark green color. And actually, according to the American Orchid Society, they said that's actually not what you want. That's not desirable. When you're looking at an orchid, generally, if you're looking at like a grassy green color, something that's a little more lime, a medium green, that means the plant's receiving sufficient light to bloom. So mind blown. I thought the greener the leaf, uh, the happier the plant, and, and my odds are pretty good. But according to the American Orchid Society, that is not true. Um, and there are, you know, orchid-specific fertilizers, too. And a general rule of thumb that I've always preached on this show is fertilize something when it's in active growth. You know, over the winter, there's not a whole lot outside that you're fertilizing. I mean, your lawn goes the same way. You know, you're not going to fertilize Bermuda grass now when it's dormant. Everything that's in active growth, just like when we've just done a workout, you know, that's really when you need to be fed and you need the energy. But orchids are a little bit different in that you you do fertilize them quite often. And the phrase is you feed them weekly, weekly. And the first weekly is very, very watered down, right? A very weak uh, mix of fertilizer and weekly, every week. Now, I think what probably is going to work better, though, is feeding it maybe every two weeks um, when it's an active growth and maybe once a month when it's not. And I think that's where I've gone wrong. Um, I think it, it's telling me it's not getting sufficient light because it's too dark of a green and I haven't fertilized it. So that's going to be interesting. And what I told Diana and uh, Louisa both, was what I do with the orchid fertilizer that I buy, I go ahead and mix, you know, the ratio, the proper ratio in a half gallon milk jug, um, because that way I have enough stored. I keep it capped and underneath the kitchen sink and it's ready to go when I need it. And if this is something I'm doing every two to four weeks, it's already mixed. I don't have any excuses. Um, so it's mixed there with water in the right ratio and something about orchids, too, you know, they've got the air roots. They've got the roots that are coming out uh, on top of the bark going over the pot. And what you don't want to do is pour, even though it's very diluted, you don't want to pour that fertilizer directly on those just as they're dry and have no moisture in them because you run the risk of burning it. So I water them first, water the two orchids that I have first, and then maybe in the next day or two, um, apply the fertilizer. Because, yeah, the fertilizer has water, too. It's diluted. But that way, there's not going to be a chance of it burning anything. So I hope that helps a little bit. Um, if you've had an orchid as long as two or three years and it has not rebloomed, I think I'm putting you on the right track. I think I'm going to take my own advice and see if I'm able to enjoy those, too. And this is good info for all of you because, you know, Valentine's Day is about two weeks away. And probably a good 26.7% of you or more, are going to be given an orchid for Valentine's Day. So now we know how to care for them, right? 
404-872-0750. And in just a few minutes, I want to share with you uh, some advice that Walter Reeves has about this cold weather, things that we should be doing for our plants outside. And I don't think it's too late. I'll share that with you. But first, jump out to the phones and say good morning to David and Tucker. Hey there, friend. What's going on? Uh, well, I've decided to not do any sunbathing today. Nope, that's a good. That's a very good. Yes. Uh, I had a couple of quick questions here. One, I have heard that squirrels do not eat safflower seed, so I wanted to get a yay or an A on that. Uh, the squirrels that I know, David, they eat everything, including my wooden fence. So I'm not going to put anything past them. I think they would eat safflower seed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> other question. I have heard that some dahlias can grow up to 10 feet, but... I was wondering, from calling around, I've heard people talk about the annuals only get 18 inches tall, the perennials get three or four feet. Does this mean that if you have perennial dahlias and you dig them up every year and keep them safe and then put them out in the spring, that over the course of years that they will grow taller and taller with the years? Hmm. That I don't know. I mean, the perennials that I have, whether I unearth them every year to protect them from the cold or not, um, you know, I mean, everything does get bigger and bigger as the years go by. The tubers are able to get a little bit larger. The rhizomes increase in size. So naturally that leads to a bigger plant or at least a more uh, proliferous plant. Um, so dahlias, I'm not really as familiar with. God, they're beautiful. And I've never tried them. Um, I want to try that and I want to try ranunculus. But did you say... 10 feet tall? Uh, so I have been told, but like I said, when I called around, no one was talking about growing them 10 feet tall. You know, they were differentiating between the perennials and the annuals. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was going, well, how do you get them 10 feet tall if they're not going to grow 10 feet tall? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, every year, yeah, if we want to overwinter them, dig them up, store them in, you know, a nice dry place and then put them back out in the spring. I, I do imagine that they, they do come back bigger and stronger every year as long as they've, you know, survived being dug up and, and transplanted year to year. But my goodness, I don't know about that. I'm in, I'm intrigued by that. I want to, that is one of my goals for the show is talking to a Dahlia expert. Um, in February, I'm doing something with camellias and really honing in on like every one of our favorite flowers and trying to find someone who obviously knows more than I do. So that's a good one, David. I think uh, I'm going to put that lifeline out there for anybody who knows a lot about dahlias. I may do a piece on that. That's a great question. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, thank you as always for your thoughts. I seriously appreciate them because they made me think outside the box. And if I find anything different about squirrels, um, I will let you all know. But sunflower seeds, saffron seed, all of it. I think that they are just uh, the most annoying little critters. They're kind of cute, but boy, do they do a lot of damage. All right, 18 minutes after the hour, we've got Gerald in Atlanta up next about orchids. And hopefully your call as well. Plus, coming up, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. It's time to take a break. It's Ashley Frasca on Green and Growing on WSB. Here we are back on Green and Growing. Uh, my lips are just as cold as my body, so it's going to take a little bit to thaw out. 24 minutes into the show, get it together, Frasca. All right, so it's colder than 30 degrees outside. That's really all you need to know. Uh, the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing, though, from our meteorologist Christina Edwards. Today, the high is only getting up to 37. It's going to be very breezy, very cold. At times of the wind chill, temperatures are going to feel very close to the single digits. Tomorrow, warming up mostly sunny skies with a high of 50. 
Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right, this is a good one. Um, the soil is not frozen yet. So number one, to get a soil test, that's going to require you dig in there. Pike Nursery sells the kits, or you can call the UGA extension, 1-800-ASK-UGA-1. Uh, you want to remove the mulch or grass or anything before you dig. It's recommended you take 8 to 10 samples from each section of your yard. Um, and I know that's a lot, but you're just going around with a little trowel, digging it up. Uh, in lawns where you want to see what the soil chemistry is, dig about 4 inches deep. In a garden bed or a vegetable bed or something like that, a raised bed, you're probably going to need to go 6 inches down. Um, number two, Joe Lample, our friend behind Joe Gardner, says to go pick out seeds now for your desired summer crops before they sell out. Uh, browse nurseries, catalogs, talk to friends about different varieties and which they've been successful with. And number three, Josh Fooder, UGA Extension agent in Cherokee County, has a tip. This time of year is really the optimal time to graft some apple trees to collect your scions and to store your scions. Ideally, with grafting, you know, we're using a dormant or actively growing rootstock, but our scion, that's our variety that we want to replicate, needs to be dormant. So now is the, a great time. Uh, we want to take about pencil to Sharpie diameter of growth from last year. It has to be one-year-old growth. And actually, some of the better material to graft in this situation are those water sprouts because they're very straight and usually you know if you're looking at an old tree and you don't know exactly what you're looking at there's a usually a remark color difference between one-year-old wood versus two and three-year-old wood it starts to get gray over time probably long enough to where you can fit it in a ziploc bag probably put it in a mild bleach solution like a 10 percent bleach solution just to kill any fungus that may be on there rinse it off and then on the cut end you're going to want to put a damp paper towel just to keep it from drying out. And then you're going to keep it in the fridge until you're ready to graft later on. Seal the bag airtight. Hopefully keep it away from any ethylene emitting vegetables that might be in your fridge. And really, you can then bring that stuff out and top work it into a tree. So maybe you don't want to buy or have the ability to buy some uh, rootstocks, but you can then go insert it into other apples that, you know, maybe you already have growing. So I hope that doesn't sound too intimidating, but it sounds fascinating to me if you want to graft your own fruit tree. Holy cow, you can do that. Um, I spent a lot of time with Josh Fooder in Cherokee County a couple weeks ago, brought you all the piece that I did uh, from my interview with him. And I'm going to set aside an entire part of our conversation just for an Apple Heritage Project and his passion and knowledge about apple trees. Um, and especially in North Georgia, you know a lot about them. And so that is kind of its own thing. And I think I'm either going to probably do that as part of the show one Saturday that I'm off or put it somewhere else, maybe on the WSBRadio.com website where you can go listen at your leisure. But boy, you can really get excited about that. Learn a lot. There are so many free classes and webinars and things about fruit tree care and propagation and things like that. So uh, my thanks to Josh Fooder for that great advice. Coming back with your calls 404-872-0750 and also Walter Reeves giving us some tips and some good ideas about things to do now that it's really cold and it's January. I'm not surprised that it's cold, but I'm going to help you out. When we come back, it's green and growing on WSB. Caterpillar to a butterfly. 
Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. All right, we're up and running. I've had a little more coffee, so I think I'm, I'm starting to thaw out a little bit, and I can actually speak. I'm going to have to do this for the next two and a half hours, and I am ready. Got a lot of good stuff for you. Coming up until 9 o'clock this morning, 404-872-0750, and then, of course, followed by Dave Baker and the Home Fix-It Show. So coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, um, another field trip. I love taking my own field trips. I don't need anybody's approval or money to do so. I just go where the story takes me. And uh, I have been as far as Blairsville and down to Griffin and over to the Stone Mountain area. Uh, And the last two field trips that I've taken have been right in Cherokee County. So I get to take a nap uh, during the day and then just go right out down the street. Uh, So this latest trip took me to the Cherokee County Recycling Center. And I know that sounds a little weird, but that was so much fun. And I'm going to make it fun for you as well to share some uh, new info with you and how it's good for the environment. Yes, recycling, of course, is good for the environment, but there's a whole twist on this. So that's coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. In the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking about roses with Pike Nursery, how to grow them, what varieties there are. Um, Think outside the box, folks, not just knockout roses that you see They are a dime a dozen everywhere here in the landscapes throughout Metro Atlanta, but really some beautiful varieties. And uh, folks listening, I've given you some Valentine's Day gift ideas already. We started off talking about orchids. Roses are a good idea, too. And not the long stem ones that she's got to put in the vase. But how about a really nice, hearty rose bush that's going to last forever? And she can take cuttings whenever she wants. Huh? That sounds good. So the last hour of the show, Pike Nursery will be along with that. All right. So speaking of orchids, that's kind of how I started off the show. Um, and I love that Gerald is calling now from Atlanta and has some thoughts on orchids as well. Good morning. Hey, Ashley. Good morning. Hey. It's Gerald calling from Cascade, Atlanta, where many of the homes are large and the yards even bigger. That's <laughs> right. And you guys are lucky because that's hard to come by now with all that new construction. It really is. Yes. We're very lucky. I live in the house that my parents bought in uh, 1956, so wow. we've been here for you know 60 years. All right, now, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but before we get going on orchids, what is your favorite plant or tree that is still established in that landscape that maybe your parents put there? Um, it, would be, it would probably be, oh, Japanese magnolias. Wow. Yeah, I got two. Well, we used to have two Japanese magnolias. Now we have one Japanese magnolia. My daddy cut down one of them. But we have, we have a huge Japanese magnolia. It's so beautiful in the spring. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a rich, 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 rich color. It's beautiful. Yeah, it gets to stay green all year round. So I yeah. bet it's huge. What, twice the size of the house? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Good, good deal. Well, so what do you think about orchids? What's your Let's thoughts? Let's see. Uh, as you mentioned orchids, I wanted to say I used to work for uh, Sue and Don Baker. They grow orchids up in Milton, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, I used to deliver orchids for them. So Phalaenopsis is what I'm talking about mostly, okay, Phalaenopsis, the moth orchid. That's what most people get. And Sue's thing about Phalaenopsis orchids was that orchids thrive on neglect. Huh. Orchids do not need anything. Right. I've got probably 10 orchids I've had for many, many years. They bloom all the time. Um, I put them outside under a shade. i got a big shade um, holly, mm-hmm. a holly that my daddy planted many years ago. I've got a big shade holly. I put the orchids under there. They stay there all, all summer. In the summertime, I don't water them at all. When, Whoa, it rains, wow. when, it gets, when it rains, they get water. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to get water. And then in the wintertime, bring them in the house, put them in a sunny window, and I water them once a month. 
Now, that's isn't that it. something? See, less is more. That's right. Because I, I think mean, a lot of people with houseplants, they worry and they tend to overdo, right? They worry, well, the minute a leaf falls off or the minute something starts to yellow, throw more water at it, right? And that's not nope. necessarily going to be the case. So nope. only once a month in the wintertime. Once a month in the wintertime. And the summer, I put them outside and let nature take its course. I do not touch them in the summer. Just wow. put them outside. And I, I swear, my orchids bloom all the time. Now, so like you're saying, they thrive on neglect. Do you fertilize at all, or they just get enough energy when they're outside? I do fertilize them in the summertime. In the summertime when they're not in bloom. Mm -hmm. Once they start blooming, I don't fertilize them at all. But if if they're not blooming in the summer, then I'll fertilize them once a month as well. And how quickly do you find that the fertilizer really starts to give it that boost? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know, Ashley. I don't know. I wonder if it takes maybe three or four weeks before, you know, it really brings on that new stem and that new growth. I just don't know. You know what's funny, too, Gerald, is like a lot of folks, when they reach out to me, like these these two folks did on Facebook and others, when that stem dies, I mean, it's not going to rebloom, especially on a moth orchid. You know, that, no. that stem is dead, and folks are so afraid to cut it off, like it's almost like it's a limb, you know, and they're like, oh, I don't want to cut the orchid's arm off. And I'm like, yeah, but it's dead. It's not going to rebloom. It's not going to do anything. I cut that thing off so fast, not funny. <laughs> but it is. It's funny. It's funny to me. It makes me laugh. So this is good. I like this. And now, okay, so two schools of thought. I'm going to pick your brain, Gerald, on how to water orchids, okay? So the old way, when I was younger, everyone telling you, oh, just put an ice cube at the top of the no. pine bark in the soil, and that's going to no. water it slowly. I have found that to be really crummy advice, although some no. folks swear by it. Now, what my mother-in-law taught me, and this works much better, as we know, orchids have a clear container that they're in, and then usually they're in a decorative pot that's over that, right? So right. when you bring that pot up under the faucet, and if you need to water it, like you said, over the summer, don't worry about this if it's outside, but when you need to water it, run it under the faucet. You don't have to get the leaves or anything wet, but let that pot, that decorative pot, fill up with water, and I just soak it. I let it sit for like an hour maybe. It soaks, and then I remove, you know, pick up the orchid and the clear insert and then dump the water out of the decorative pot, make sure everything's kind of dry. I do that one hour a month, soak it in water. That's enough. Ashley, you do too much work. Oh. What I do, Ashley, is I take the orchids in the summertime. Now, uh-huh. when, I, when, I, when I feed them in the summer, I, I, I fill a bucket with, with uh, water and my, 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 my orchid food. And I, put the, I take the orchid out of the, out of the uh, decorative container, like you said. I put the plastic down in the, in the uh, orchid food water yeah. just till it stops bubbling. Oh. Just till it stops bubbling. You know, it bubbles for like five seconds. I mean, ten seconds. It seems just it stops bubbling. Not no hour, no means no mean. No, just for a few seconds, just it stops bubbling. That's when that's when it's saturated. So then I take it out, put it back in the pot, and leave it alone. Wow. Yes, exactly. What I do actually, and I swear you, my orchids bloom. My, my orchids bloom all summer long. All right, Gerald. Yeah. I I see your phone number on my screen, and I'm writing it down because I will be stalking you, my friend. You are now my resident orchid expert. <laughs> I can do orchids. I can do orchids. My mother used to do African violets. I don't do very well with African violets, but I can do orchids. No problem at all. That is great. And and who did you say was the couple in Milton? Sue and Don who? Sue and Don Baker run Rainbow Orchids. R-A-I-N-B-A-U, Orchids in Milton. Now, I don't know if they're still up there or not. It was five years ago I used to work for them. Yeah. Yeah. But they they have have wonderful operation up there. We used to to, to deliver orchids for them. You know, to different stores and stuff. Yeah, gosh, yeah. you've learned a lot. That is so fantastic. Well, Gerald, I can't thank you enough. That's great information, my man. And I will. I will be in touch with you. Is that okay? 
Ashley, it's absolutely fine. Ashley, I'll call you before. We talk, you know yes, what we talked before? I we, do. We, we, we talked before. I tell you, I live in an urban forest. Yep. Yeah. As soon so as you Ashley, said this Cascade neighborhood, job. I remembered you, that. Yep. You're doing a fabulous job. Ashley, I love you. I listen to you every Saturday morning. I am so glad to know that, Gerald. Thank you so much. And hey, you know, when you hear me say something that may not be quite right or something, I know that your knowledge can really, uh, you know, is compatible with me. So call and be like, Ashley, I want to tell you a little bit more. That's not quite right. I welcome it. Not about a lot of things, <laughs> just a few things. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you Bye, so Ashley. much, friend. I'll be talking to you soon. Wow, that's great. That makes me really happy. Um, and, you know, too, my, my memory goes back to a show I did last year. A former coworker of mine, um, his teenage son, Ryan, was really into growing orchids and I think literally spent $100 on one orchid uh, specifically that he would saved up for at a specialized nursery here in the metro Atlanta area. And I had a really good conversation with Ryan um, and just the, the amount of orchids and plants that he was able to keep alive in his bedroom at his parents' house. And I may bring that back. I may bring back that story because the passion and the knowledge that this teenager had for orchids knocked my socks off. I mean, it was just so impressive. And Gerald's obviously got a lot of knowledge and a lot of passion about the subject, too. And I love that. I love hearing from you when I when I strike a nerve with you about a plant that you really love or you have a history with. So thank you so much. All right. Up next, go up to Kennesaw and say good morning to Nancy. Welcome to Green and Growing. Well, good morning to you. Hi. So you've got some snow on the ground there in Cobb yes, County. I do. I love and it. It's going to really be pretty. Well, I've got some pictures of it because it reflects mm-hmm. off of the, off of the off the snow. Well, I'll tell you, my husband and I stepped out on the back deck last night at about nine o'clock, and those Mm -hmm. are some of the biggest snowflakes that were falling that I've seen in a long, long time. And it was enough to collect, you know, on the table and the top of the grill. And when I left Woodstock this morning, um, it was gone. Mm -hmm. But I noticed the further south I came, I came through Kennesaw, then through Marietta, and there's even Mm -hmm. a lot still on the ground here in uh, downtown Mm -hmm. Atlanta. So it's so beautiful. I'm glad you're waking up to that. (laughs) I am glad that my sister's getting some because she lives, well, she doesn't live in Midtown. She lives in North Atlanta. So yes, I'm and they glad. definitely saw some. I know some. they got some this they morning. Do. Not enough for a snowman, maybe, but enough to make well, you smile. Well, no, but just, <laughs> you know, I just like to look at it. I think it's very pretty. Yes. But uh, I forgot to water my Goshiki Osmanthus yesterday. I usually do. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this pot, this container garden is under a covered porch mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if I could just do a, a dash of water I don't want it to dry out more for, because of the wind right and of course the cold doesn't help any mm-hmm. I don't want to lose that shrub because it's a specialty shrub and very hard to find Osmanthus really what is isn't think? it hmm? Osmanthus Goshiki Osmanthus. Oh, okay. It's the, it's the one that's uh, very, well, variegated, yellow spots on it. Wow, that is beautiful. That's not one I've seen. Yeah, look it up. I got a pair of them at Pike okay. in December, and that those ones out in the yard, and then this one's up here on the porch. I don't have to worry about the one in the yard because it's tempered and mm-hmm. it's gotten lots of rain mm-hmm. but this one on the porch it just makes me very concerned 
Yeah. So what, so I what would, do you think? You know, the, the best time of day to, uh, regardless of what the, the temperature is, the best time of day to water is either, you know, late morning, early afternoon, uh, for a number of reasons. The sun's starting to come out. It's early in the day. Yeah. That way we want to water and not let it go to bed wet because that's when a lot of right. fungus and disease are brought on. So I still think you're okay. Despite it being in the mid-20s, may only heat up to the mid-30s today, I would mm-hmm. go ahead and do it just so it doesn't stress out anymore. Yeah, I just, I don't want to go through stress on it. I've got another topic. Okay. I keep lots of orchids. Mm -hmm. And my favorite kind are the uh, Phalaenopsis, all the different colors. Right. But my favorites are the huge white ones. There's a a type of white Phalaenopsis being sold now. They're cascading, and it's usually two stalks, and they come up over that bent uh, piece of bamboo oh. they last forever and they're gorgeous oh now how long have you had them do you know oh i have them just about all the time mm-hmm. how long um, have you kept one in particular though i would say oh gosh it's 10 years about there? a year oh a year okay mm-hmm. yeah about a year i keep them inside i mean because mm-hmm. there's lots of light that it gets I'm, I don't particularly like the idea of putting it outside, I, although that's everybody's own preference. Yeah, yeah, and Gerald's a little bit further south than you and I um, being in the northwest, and so that works in the summertime, you know, bringing them out. A lot of houseplants do prefer to get uh, outside in the summertime. Not direct sun, obviously, but that is good for them. Nancy, I'm so glad you called. You threw out a lot of good things to think about. Good luck with your osmanthus, and uh, I want to talk a little bit more about orchids And when we come back, again, Walter Reeves' advice on watering and kind of really preparing for this cold weather. It kind of goes in lockstep with what Nancy was just saying. So we'll be right back. It's 649 on WSB. So you want to know about gardening. You want to know about plants. And that's why I'm here until 9 o'clock. But you also want to know about the weather and how to plan your weekend. So you have heard meteorologist Christina Edwards all week telling you how cold it's going to be. And I think this is like the third weekend in a row, guys. It's like, oh, the really bad cold weather waits till Saturday. Why does it wait until the weekend? I want to miss a day of work and have it just ice over and just go to pot during the week. But no, 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 that's not going to happen. So some of us did see some snow last night. Uh, It's currently about 25 degrees here in Midtown Atlanta. It's only going to get up to the mid to upper 30s today. Very breezy and very, very cold. So you've got to have a jacket, something to protect your head as well. And then tomorrow, mostly sunny skies. And into Monday as well, uh, highs are going to be warming up at least to 50, mid 50s, something like that, a little more pleasant. Um, So what I wanted to say about orchids, and then I promise I'll move on from that, unless you keep calling about it. If you do, we'll keep talking about it. Uh, I wanted to mention, you know, Nancy and Gerald talking about their interest in orchids. And for those of you who just, you don't appreciate their beauty and their uniqueness, the Fuqua Orchid Center is right here at Atlanta Botanical Gardens, you know, right there near Piedmont Park. The orchid family is the largest and most diverse plant in the world. There's 25,000 different kind of species Um, And the Fuqua Orchid Center showcases about 2,000 species. So that's still a lot of orchids. Every single color, every single shape you can imagine. Um, That was really a nice trip for me to take a couple of years ago. So talking about the cold weather, I only have a minute or so here and talking about watering things before it gets cold. I did reach out to Walter Reef. Some of you may have heard this last week. I said, you know, why water plants before a freeze? What's with that? Why do we have to do that? Walter said, you know, because most plants wilt. Some a lot, some just a little before a freeze. That's how they protect themselves from the cold damage. So it's important that the roots have water around them 
after the freeze, and then it sends it back up to the dried leaves. Uh, pansies, those are famous for wilting during a freeze, but don't worry, it does not mean that they're dead. The leaves are going to look awful in the morning when the temperatures have been lower than freezing. But given a bit of sun and the heating of the day, like I was talking to Nancy about, uh, and water around the roots, the plants start to rebound and recover. And water also helps the soil stay a little warmer. A dense material like soil that stores and releases heat better than loose, dry soil. And that totally makes sense. So just keep that in mind as you're kind of prepping for cold weather and you don't want things to die. And if you think they're dead, give it some time. They're just protecting themselves by wilting. They'll bounce back. 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca. We'll be back on Green and Growing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.